bless you. God bless you. Welcome to church. I'm Miles and Fierce and Pastor of the Rock Church. Welcome, family. Uh, we got a great message for you. Uh, first, I want to say thank you to all the members of the military. My dad served in the military. Um, it's the ultimate sacrifice. Not only do we want to thank the people who have passed, but we also want to thank all the families who have supported their family members in the military uh, who served in the past and who are serving now. And so thank you. We honor you. We acknowledge you. And uh, you are uh, heroes in our culture. So thank you very much. Um, listen, if you can text, uh, share, hit your share button, hit your share button. And uh, we want to get this message out to as many people. If you're new, text new to 52525 and we'll get information to you about how you can get involved in the church. Uh, my, I want to get on my knees here in a minute, so I want to prep you that I'm, I'm going to kneel down. But I want to encourage you, as we kneel, we're not only taking a physical posture of humility before God, we are taking a spiritual posture of humility before God and acknowledging to God that he is Lord and we are his servants. So wherever you're at, if you could get on your knees in your house, if you're sitting on your couch and looking at someone and not moving, I want to encourage you to just kind of like, hey, let's, let's uh, kind of get on our knees. And this is going to prepare us for what God has to say. Um, if you're new, sometimes when you're hearing a sermon, you may feel like, man, he's talking to me. Um, he is, but it's not me. It's God. That's how God speaks with a very small, still voice. And my prayer is that you would take heed to that voice that you can take notes right there uh, online with us or on a piece of paper. But if you hear God say something to you today, write it down. Because he's not talking to you because he has no one else to talk to. He's talking to you because he has something for you to listen to. Something, a way to bless you. So be prepared that you may hear a small, still voice. You may have never heard it before and never knew it was God. It's coming. It's coming. So just bow your heads and close your eyes, please. Lord, Lord, thank you for what you have been revealing to me. Thank you for your faithfulness. And I pray that you would make yourself known in a very tangible, real way to everybody listening. There are people all over the world listening in all kinds of conditions, people who are suffering in many different ways. But you are the God of hope. You are the rock of our salvation. So I pray that you would speak to them, encourage them, even right now as they're kneeling down, that the peace that surpasses all understanding, as you are the Prince of Peace, that you would fill the heart right now and affirm in their heart, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And they can take a giant step towards freedom today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Let's go. Let's get your Bibles out, church. Let's get your Bibles out. If you have a Bible, please bring one to service every time we have service. If it's on your phone, if it's a physical Bible, get used to this book. Get used to the scriptures. Don't just depend on what we give you. Get used to this on yourself. So get your Bibles out. On the count of three, I'm going to say word. And you're going to lift it up and we're going to declare this is God's word. One, two, three. One, two, three. Say word. Word. Very good. I know it sounds corny. You buy your house doing it, but it's going to be a great thing. God bless you. God bless you. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. The very first book of the New Testament. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. 
Um, my grandson just turned six yesterday, and he is growing like a weed. For all of y'all who have been around for a while, for at least six years, you've known, you've seen him grow. He's when he was born and had him up here on stage all throughout his life. He's six years old, and when he comes over to my house, one of the things we like to do is run and chase each other around the house and stuff. But he loves to go on the treadmill, and so I stand on the treadmill. He stands in front of me. And he goes, Grampy, turn it up. So he holds on, and I start the speed, and it starts walking, and we're walking. I'm right behind him because if he, you know, can't keep up, he's going to slide right back into me. I can catch him. So I'm right behind him, and he goes, make it go faster. And then he makes it go faster, and he's walking. And he says, make it go faster, and it's walking. And then he, then he starts to run, and run, and I got my feet on the side. I'm not even moving. I'm tricking him. But if he falls, I'll get him. And this is going faster and faster and faster and faster and faster. And then he's, okay, okay, and I hit the stop button. There are a lot of y'all who are on a treadmill that Satan's got the button. He's got you running all kinds of ways and in all kinds of directions, and he is wearing you out. And it's all based on one very simple word, if. He says, look, if you are going to be important, you got to get a bigger house. So you start running. If you're going to be, if you're going to be cute, you got to lose weight. So you start running. Literally, <laughs> if you're going to be uh, uh, respected, you got to get a big, a nicer car. So you start running again, and you're running and running, 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 chasing all these things because he has put if on your life. If is a word that implies a condition needs to be met. That if you do this, you'll get this, and because you believe the devil's if. He's got you running in his direction, not fulfilling God's mission. Today I want to talk about the death of if. We started the series last week called COVID, COVID, the, the end of your world, question mark. Is it the end of the world? Please let this time be the end of if in your life. Stop living under this cloud that maybe you're not going to be valuable Maybe you're not going to be loved. Maybe you're not going to be whatever because if you don't do what the devil says, the destruction of if. So we're going to give you three ways to get off that treadmill, three ways to kill and destroy the if in your life. Let me go back to last week. Last week we talked about why Jesus died. Jesus died because the devil's most powerful weapon is death. He threatens us with death. He basically says, if you don't do this, I'm going to destroy this. If you don't do this, you're not going to get this. And with that one two-letter word that brings doubt into your value, into your future, the devil can run us around. So Jesus, his whole life, when he died on the cross, he took the devil's biggest bullet, death, died, and then got up and said, I'm still here. What you got? Devil had nothing left over because that was the devil's biggest, biggest bullet. So Jesus' death was the ultimate this confrontation on the devil's biggest weapon. Now, but that was the culmination. Jesus lived a whole life of self-denial. All his life he was like, not my will, but thy will be done. And Luke chapter 22, when he was sweating blood, getting ready to get arrested, he says, Father, is there anywhere I can not go through this crucifixion because it's going to be hard? And he said, but not my will, 
thy will. He died to himself. He said in John 3.30 that he may increase and I may decrease. Not my will. It's not about me. When they started to accuse him, hey, if you're the Lord, if you're God, come off the, come off the cross. He said, it ain't about me. It's not about me. His whole life was a life of self-denial, fasting, not defending himself because his power was in his self-denial. Listen to what I'm telling you. His power was in his self-denial because he came to model for us. If you live a life of self-denial, if you deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow him and you fulfill his mission and you focus on his mission, his power will be your power. So Jesus, now when he died, it was the culmination of living a life of self-denial. But that life of self-denial started in the conversation we're going to look at today. When the devil tried to tempt him in the desert with if, three ifs. If you, if you, do, if you turn the stone to bread, if you jump off the temple, and if you bow down to me. If, if, if. I want to encourage you in these three steps that you would make a decision today to destroy the if in your life and stop living for all the conditions of the world and decide to lay your life down and live for him only. My prayer is that this sets you free. Number one, number one, checks out. Declare it is written, I must be obedient. Not relevant. Look what it says. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Matthew 4, verse 1. It says, it says, Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Duh. <laughs> and by the way, here's the trip thing about it. If you ever fast 40 days and 40 nights, which I have three times, you get to a point where you're not hungry anymore. So you might think that's like, what? You get to a point where you're actually not hungry. And so he gets to the point now, after 40 days and 40 nights, he's in the wilderness. And I went to this wilderness. It is desert. His 40 days and 40 nights, he hasn't had any food. And it says he was hungry. And then the tempter came. The tempter is going to come at your weak point And said to him, watch this. If, bam, that means you might, this might not be true. If you are the son of God, he is the son of God, the devil is bringing doubt into his head. The devil's going to have you question who you are. The devil's going to have you question your identity, your power, your value, your beauty, your intelligence. He's gonna have, and once he can get you questioning it, he can get you doing all kind of craziness. Look what it says. He says, if you are the son of God, of course he is the son of God. He says, command these stones to be bread. Loaves of bread. In other words, do something relevant. Do something. Use your power to meet the needs, the practical needs of people. Now, you might think, man, doesn't that make sense that he would do that? God has not called you to be relevant. He's called you to be obedient. Look what the Bible says. Look what Jesus said. He says, it is written... Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Here's the thing. All God wants you to do is obey him. I was in Mexico with our youth group years ago when I was a youth pastor. 
and I was standing outside this little church, and this little girl comes out. She's five-ish, little dress on, little pigtails, and it was rainy and chilly, and she had no shoes on, literally standing in the mud. And she comes, yo, 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 yo quiero zapatos. She wanted zapatos, shoes. And I says, okay, I got some shoes. And the Lord said to me, don't give that girl any shoes. And I'm like, why not? You know, and, and, and so I, I was just standing. She came, she came saying, I want some shoes, I want some shoes. And then she came back later, and some of my kids in my youth group came up and gave her some shoes. And she took the shoes down the hill. And the pastor of the church came out and said, if that girl comes back, don't give her any shoes. I said, why not? He says, because she's not poor. It's a scam. She's going to take the shoes and go buy and sell the shoes. She's just scamming you. Well, I didn't know that. And you would think, well, I got the power to do it. I got the shoes. I can do a good thing. But my job is not to create good and evil on my own. My job is not to make decisions on my own. My job, and my job is not to try to prove that I'm relevant by doing what I think people need. And neither is it yours. Your job is simply, watch this, to, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God, that's your job. Be obedient. So when you hear if, if you do this, people will like you. If you do this, you're going to be relevant. If you do this, you're going to be cool. No, 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 no. What does God want you to do? I remember when people were wearing skinny jeans. Now, let me tell you something. <laughs> I remember the first time. I was looking at skinny jeans. I wasn't into it. I'm, I have to be honest with you. I, I was in Hawaii where I, I was somewhat being anonymous, and I went into some store. I can't remember what it was. And I said, you know, I'm going to try some skinny jeans on. And I came out, I felt like a mummy. I was walking like that. I said, I can't get with this. And everybody was wearing skinny jeans, but I was like, I'm holding out. And I had to wait till I got permission from the Lord to wear skinny jeans. You may feel all kind of pressure to be relevant. Be obedient. Can you imagine if you could take all those conditions off your life and just say, I'm going to do what God says? How free you would be? Now, did God tell me to wear skinny jeans? I mean, it's no big deal. I wear them now. Am I good with it? Yeah. And that, and that might not even been God. You know, I mean, God, does he care if I wear skinny jeans? I don't know, probably not. But there are going to be other things that you're going to feel like, I should do this, I should do this. And God says, wait for me. Wait for me. Destroy that if and say and declare it is written. I just need to be obedient. Number two, declare. Declare over yourself. Declare it is written. I was born spectacular, marvelous, and wonderful. <laughs> I love this one. I'm going to come over here right now. I want you to declare over your life. Say out loud. I was born. Say this, me. Say this with me. Say this over yourself. This is over yourself. Say, I was born spectacular, marvelous, and wonderful. That's right. You know what the Bible says? You are marvelously made and wonderfully made. God said he knit you together in the womb, and you are amazing because God don't make junk. Look what the Bible says. The Bible says about Matthew 4, look what it says. After that temptation, the devil took him up onto the holy city and sent him on the pinnacle of the temple, 300 feet above the ground, and said to him, if, whoo, there it is again, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, man, throw yourself on the ground, <laughs> for it is written, he... He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot on the stone. Here's the thing. He says, look, um, uh, the devil will use Scripture. That's why it's so important for you to know it. I'm going to say that again really slow. The devil will use the Bible. 
That's why it's important for you to know it. Because you can use the Bible for evil. He says, if you are the son of God, jump off and you'll come floating down and the angels will just catch you. Do something spectacular. (laughs) Do something spectacular. Think big. Now, let me be clear. God is a spectacular doing something, something God. Ain't no doubt about it. God made the heavens and the earth. Bam! (laughs) Now, you may think, did he do the Big Bang? It don't matter how he did it. He did it in six days. On the seventh day, he chilled. Okay? And he blew it up. And by the way, if the Big Bang worked, you got to ask yourself, who banged it? And then you got to ask who, where the stuff that got banged did come from. And then you got to ask who organized what got banged it. Because when you blow stuff up, it's not organized. When have you ever seen anything blow up and it's organized? The universe is organized and beautiful. So just think on that. So God, is, God does some big stuff. Let me tell you, God is about being spectacular. So it's not that he, don't, he doesn't give us spectacular ideas. It's not that he doesn't lead us to do spectacular things, but it's all about what he says. It's not about what they say. Imagine if you could get up every day and say, God, I am not receiving pressure to please anybody but you. Imagine that. Imagine that. All I got to do is what you do. Look what he says. He says, the devil says, well, that first trick didn't work. The second if, he takes them up and says, look, why don't you jump off? And if you're the son of God, prove it. And do something spectacular. And everybody was like, you the man, you the man. And Jesus says, I don't need that. Imagine if you could live your life thinking, I don't need to impress anybody. I'm just going to press God. Look what he says. Again. <laughs> what? Again. As I said before. It is written, this is Jesus talking, you shall not put the Lord God to the test. What does that mean? God is absolutely going to have you do something spectacular in your life. And I mean, it could be raising your kids, spectacular. Building a big business, spectacular. Creating something, designing something new, spectacular. But it's all about on God's timing, on God's resources, at God's command. But when you say, I'm gonna just going to create something spectacular on my own and get ahead of what God has called me to do, that's when you test God. And we bought this building that I'm standing in right now. We started the process. We weren't even one year old. We, we didn't even one year financial statement. We, we, we were 50 weeks old when we found this building. Make a long story short, it ended up being a lot of money and it, and it kept going up because of expenses, you know, all the stuff we had to do. And I was like getting stressed because God, we could have easily sunk the ship because it was so much. And God said, no, no, I'm in this. If God wasn't in it, eh. but because he was in it and he was saying, I want to see, he was saying to me, I want to see how far you're going to trust me. That's different than you creating your own specularity or spectacularity. I don't even know that if spectacularity is a word, but it is now. Write it in there. <laughs> spectacularity. You, are, you and I are not to create our own spectacularity. Our job is simply to obey God. And what happens if you obey God, all of a sudden spectacular stuff happens. You have to declare, I am already spectacular. You have six 
I don't know, six billion or trillion cells. You have a brain that processes a hundred million bits of information per second. You got an eye that is your most advanced camera in the world. I can go on and on and on about your human body and how God is working through your life and, and the fact that the Spirit of God lives in you. You are spectacular. You are wonderfully, marvelously made already. You don't need to prove it. So when the devil says, you got to prove it, you say, nope, I don't. I don't. The death of if. And number three, declare over your life, it is written, God is the source of all your power and authority. Man can't give you power that's bigger than God's power. And God can take power that man has given you. But man can't take the power God has given you. And so the devil's going to say, hey, Jesus, I know you didn't take the bait on the first two ones. But if I can get you to take the bait on this third one. He says, I'm going to offer you power. But I want you to bow down to me. By the way, this is all the devil wants. When you, when you obey the devil, you know what you're doing to him? I obey you. Yes, master. That's what you're doing. Yes, master. I obey you. In other words, you're telling the devil, devil, um, you have threatened me. And if, if I'm going to prove myself, I believe that you have the power over me. So I'm, gonna, I'm going to be influenced by your threat, your if. I'm going to do what you say because I don't want the consequences if I don't. No, 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 no. You don't want the consequences if you don't obey God. So look what it says. Again, the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory and said to him, all these I will give you if, if, there's another if, if you do this, I'll do this. If you fall down and worship me. By the way, the devil had the power. The devil can bless you. He will bless you temporarily. When I say bless, he can give you stuff. He's got power. He's got, he's got crazy power, crazy influence. The devil's influences all the kingdoms of the world. Governments, wars, deception, uh, thievery, crimin criminals, white-collar criminals, uh, street criminals. He is in all of that. He is ravaging. He is smart. He's powerful, but not smarter and not more powerful than God. But he is smarter and powerful than you. So he can hook you up. But just know the end, the result will be death. What Jesus was doing here was he was establishing to the devil, I'm never going to bow to you. I'm never going to be influenced by you. No matter what you threaten me with, and even if you threaten to question my identity, this is what he's doing. Even if you bring into question my identity to the whole world, I'm not going to bow down to you. Matter of fact, what they say to him when he was on the cross at the end of his life? If you're the son of God, come down. <laughs> that if didn't work either. So I don't need to prove that. Think about it. He's on the cross and he's been claiming, I'm the, I'm the, 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 the son of God. I'm the, I'm the Messiah. He did all these miracles. The kingdom of God is, has come. It's working through me. And now he's on the cross saying, well, if all that stuff you said is true, prove it. He says, I don't need to prove it. Matter of fact, I'm proving it by staying here. This is something very important for you to understand. When you die to yourself and when you deny yourself, 
And when you don't take the bait to try to prove yourself, and you say, Lord, I'm going to stay on mission because when I die to myself, I move out of the way and the Father works through me. Jesus said, I only say what the words that the Father puts in my mouth. I only do what I see my Father doing. It was all about the Father to him. He lived this whole life of self-denial. So what he was establishing here is, devil, nothing you throw at me, no threats, no challenges are going to get me off mission and the mission of obeying my Father. My encouragement to you before we pray is that you would think about the ifs in your life. What ifs? are running your day. When you get up in the morning, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to look like this. I got to say this. I got to be. Let it die. I'm declaring death of those ifs over your life right now and bring life, declare life over God's yeses that he's already declared over you. And those yeses can never become no's unless you walk away from them. And so today that you decide that what Jesus said at the very end, look what it says. Look what it says in the next verse. He says, Jesus said, be gone, Satan. You know that you could say in Jesus' name, be gone, Satan? Be gone. Matter of fact, when you get frustrated and anxious, be gone, Satan, out of my life. In Jesus' name, be gone. Speak to him. Declare him. Declare your authority over him. Look what it says. For it is written, again, it is written, you shall worship the Lord God and serve him only. When you are weak, then you are strong. Look at the next verse. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in my weakness. God's power is perfect in you when you are weak. What does that mean? When you say, God, it's not about me. I don't need to answer to the culture's if. I don't need to answer to those people's if. I don't need to answer to Satan's if in my life. All those doubts about who I am and how I am and my value. My value is in Jesus. I take orders from him only. I surrender my life. And when I do that, I step aside. I am God's power is made perfect in my life. I'm going to pray here in a minute. And in this prayer, I want to give you an opportunity in whatever way you need to, to destroy and declare dead the ifs of Satan in your life. That you would say, Lord, no more, no longer am I going to be on this treadmill of chasing all these conditions that the world has put on my life. I just want to live to please you to honor you, to follow you. And so it's a prayer of surrender. Because when Jesus left that desert, the devil said, dang it, nothing worked. Exactly. Imagine if the devil can say that. Imagine if the devil, you know what the devil says? Oh, I know how to get him. I could just say, you know, people aren't going to like him, so he's got to work out. Or he's not going to like him if he got to get this car. Or people aren't going to respect him unless he has a big house. And and he knows those things he's got to put in your head. Imagine if all that was eliminated from your life. And you could say, I'm just going to be obedient to my father. 
and you paid attention to when you heard that small whisper of threat from Satan. And you could say, be gone. It is written. I am already marvelous. My power is in Jesus. I don't need to be relevant. I just need to be obedient. So I'm going to pray this prayer of surrender, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to say, Lord, I surrender. For some of you who are Christian, you know the ifs that you have to walk away from. For others of you, it is a chance for you to say, Jesus, I'm surrendering my life to you. So I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes and listen very carefully. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your goodness. You love us so much. And you know how the devil whispers all kinds of ideas of doubt, thoughts of doubt about who we are, our competency, our opportunities. But if we can only focus on you, if you would like to surrender your life to God, to Jesus, and bring complete destruction to the ifs in your life, to the doubts in your life, I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I believe Satan is real, that he's a liar, that he tempts me. But I also believe Jesus is real, that he died, rose from the dead for me. And I believe that I will live when I die. I will have power when I'm weak. I will be free when I surrender. So right now, I surrender my life to Jesus. I declare victory over if, because in Jesus, all promises are yes. Your word is pure, true, eternal, living. It is the rock upon which I stand. So I thank you, God, for being my Lord and being my Savior. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Let's give the Lord a hand if you prayed that prayer. Listen, God bless you. If you prayed that prayer, a couple things. There are a lot of you out there who, you know, you're saved, I prayed. You, you, you accepted the Lord before, and, but you prayed it again because, you know what, the ifs have been getting you. I want to encourage you. Start an R group. Text groups to 52525 and start an R group. Let's now start walking with God and start growing in our faith, growing in accountability so God can do something in your life. This is a journey. It's a relationship. So that's number one. I want to encourage you in that. 
For all you who are already Christian, let's not, let's move past hearing sermons and being encouraged and that's it. Let's move to where now you can encourage somebody else. So get in our group. And by the way, we will help you. It's not where you're going to, we're going to throw you in and stay, start teaching. We're going to give you all the materials and equip you to start blessing other people. Okay? Because a lot of people got questions just like you. Number two, if you've asked Christ to be your Savior just now for the first time, we want you to, number one, text SAVED to 52525. Text SAVED to 52525. And we want to help you in that relationship. Or if you're on our platform, you can hit the raise hand button at the bottom of the screen. Um, it, we are so blessed that you came today. Please share this with your friends and your family and your social media network. You know so many people who are enslaved to if. They're enslaved to it. They're full of anxiety, depression, low self-esteem, bad self-image. They're in bondage and they got to get set free. Next week, we are going to finish this series and we're going to have communion. It'll be the last message in this series. And the week after that, we're going to start another series. But uh, next week, we're going to have communion. So be ready with your juice, your bread, whatever you're going to, whatever fruit of the vine you're going to have and some bread. And we're going to take communion and solidify the fact that we're dying to ourselves. We're going to acknowledge and make sure we know COVID has indeed, has indeed brought the end of something in my life. And that's a good thing. Because when something bad comes to an end, God wants to replace with something good. So that'll be next week. Uh, let me pray for you. Have a powerful week. And remember, go to We Pray. We Pray. We Pray.com or We Pray to 52525. Can we put that on the screen one more time? I'll make sure you guys get this. Give me that We Pray. We Pray. Uh, Please go to We Pray. We want to blow up San Diego in a good way with the blessing and presence of God. We want people to get healed. We want jobs to be restored. We want people's businesses to be restored. People who are anxious and, and depressed, we want them to we want to speak life into them. We want to pray unity on, over San Diego. Please get this word out to your friends, even in other, other cities around the country, because people can do this anytime they want, any city they want. So let me pray. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, we declare victory over if. We declare victory over if. We will live a it is written life, not an if life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.